Hello, and welcome to Success in the Evening. My name is Coach Ricky Terry. I'm the president, founder, and CEO of One Do North LLC, your professional mentoring and coaching company. We show leaders how to take it to the next level. And if you're ready to take your game to the next level, if you're ready to take that next step, then we invite you to contact us. Visit our website at the number one, DoNorth.com. That's the number one, DoNorth.com. I want you to listen to this program today. This is for leaders. And when we're done, I invite you to leave your comments. So don't be shy. I want to know what you think. Leave your voice recorded comment and it may be played live on the air. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Success in the Evening with Coach Rick Terry. He'll be sharing great music and good discussions about topics that will take you to the next level. To join the discussion, call nlgradio.com on 202-299-6673. In the meantime, sit back and listen to our vibe as you cruise to your next destination. Bring, bring him in. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Maybe I made a mistake. Ouch. That was cool. That was cool. Ooh. You did not use this, wow. the C word. I'm just saying. Or, or is that corny with a K or with a C? Whichever one you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Can you spell hey. corny with a K? Mondays are for everything. <laughs> hey, guys, we want to welcome you to Success in the Evening with Coach Ricky Terry. I hope you caught us for the first part of the show. We had none other than Miss Patty Dash on the line uh, for a good cause. The National Kidney Foundation out of Maryland and Delaware was on the phone and talking about the upcoming event, the food event, food, drinks, auction, networking, elbow knocking around with each other. And this is what it's about and having an opportunity to help other people. And before the uh, the hour is out, before we get to the top of the six o'clock hour, we're going to be giving away two tickets. These are $100 tickets. We're going to be giving away two tickets. Brother DePaul, take the tickets out your pocket, please. <laughs> They're there for safety. BB. They're for safety reasons. Give them up. Give them up. <laughs> he slid the tickets in his pocket. Somebody has to be responsible. Oh, Lord. <laughs> anyway, the event is on March 12th, guys. Um, you you got to go. I know it's a Thursday night. Go ahead and take, go ahead and take Friday off or tell them you're coming in late. And uh, be prepared for the ticket giveaway. Uh, can't wait to do that. But. Before we can even take a break, we haven't even reached 30,000 feet yet. We got a brother on the line with us who is phenomenal. Coming out of uh, San Francisco, who decided to be proactive. And I'm going to let him introduce himself. And we're going to talk about his book a little bit. And we might even get into some uh, some conversations that will, that will pull you in it. In the evening with Coach Rick Terry. He'll be sharing great music and good discussions about topics that will take you to the next level. To join the discussion, call nlgradio.com on 202-299-6673. In the meantime, sit back and listen to our vibe as you cruise to your next destination. Doctor, are you with me, sir? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm here. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, I want my hour back, but there's nothing I can do to get it back now. They took it, so I want my hour back. <laughs> well, sir, tell us who you are. I told them you're calling in from California, and then let's talk about why you're on the phone with us today. 
All right. So my name is Dr. Bedford Palmer. I'm a, a psychologist and a professor. Uh, actually, I'm calling from. I'm, I live out in Oakland, California, which is a, a big difference from uh, from San Francisco. Ah, but, uh, okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, and I um, wrote a book, uh, a children's book, um, that's called "Daddy, Why Am I Brown?" A healthy conversation about skin color and family. Daddy, why am I brown? And before we, uh oh, they already, they, you should see what's going on in here, sir. They all, look, they, y'all going to get it out your system now. Okay, so I, 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 my, just quick, sir, you just motivated the next song choice. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. I'm afraid of what that even means, but go ahead, BB. <laughs> I, have, I have a question. I, I'm BB, and um, I wanted to know how did you come up with that title? Was it something from your childhood that you experienced that you came up with that title about why am I brown? You know, I think it just, um, when I was thinking about, the title came after writing the book, right? So uh, the, it was shaped by the way that I was thinking about how this book would work. And um, the concept behind the book is that there's this little, this little girl probably in the first grade or in kindergarten, and she goes to her dad. She wants to know, you know, why is her skin the color that it is, especially because her mom's skin is lighter and her dad's skin is darker. So why didn't she look like either one of them? Um, and then, like, wh- where does that all come from? So I thought, what would, how would a kid ask that? How would a little girl ask that? So um, I figured that she would say, Daddy, why am I brown? Wow. And, and what we understand the title of the book. We understand now why. But what was the necessity of it? And what were you trying to get across to others? Well, you know, so... Um, as I said, I'm like I'm a psychologist, but what a lot of people don't quite understand about what I what psychologists do is that we can do a lot of different stuff. And the area that I focus in on, um, I do I do counseling and therapy and all that stuff, and I teach. But my research is focused on social justice and multiculturalism and diversity and and kind of helping people to understand how to interact with each other. Um, so the the way that this came to be was I was. Um, having a conversation with my wife and at the time she was working um in a in a school setting and um a little uh, african-american girl came up to her during that time and she was like the same age as the main character joy who's like first grade kindergarten type age range and she she said to her you know my 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 classmate my white classmate said my skin looks like poop mm-hmm. and um Right. Mm. And so obviously that's, you know, a four year old, five year old says that. I mean, what what do you do with that? Right. So um, she recounted this conversation and how she found out that this was after a, a, a lesson about skin color. And they had done the things with the crayons and they had compared colors and they had drawn pictures and all that stuff. And um, the when they were going through that process, the little boy basically said to her, you know, like, this is what your skin color looks like. And I've heard that before. Like, I heard other people talk about, like, their skin being compared to dirt or to other negative stuff, you know. So, um, for me, listening to this, I was in the space of, like, you know, what do I do with this? I Obviously, this isn't even my workspace. I, I can't do anything for this person. But I felt like I needed to do something for me and to, to kind of get my thoughts out. And I was like, well with the skill sets that I have and the, the language I, I'm constantly teaching adults how to talk about culture and race and ethnicity. How could I do that for kids? And how could I do that for adults who are talking to kids? And so the idea of writing a children's book came out 
Um, and that's kind of, I mean, literally right after that conversation, I went to the kitchen table and just started writing a dialogue for the book. Wow. Well, I'm going to say the book is timely. I, I, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a video that has caught fire uh, about a little girl who is sitting, getting her hair done, African-American child, just as precious and pretty as can be. And uh, we were looking at it this morning and it, it just broke my heart. It's on Twitter. It just broke my heart about this little girl uh, getting her hair done and she looks over and says, but I'm still ugly. And mm. I don't think she's over four years old. I don't. I, it didn't look like it to me, uh, three. And she's already identifying herself as ugly and and the woman in the video with her i'm not sure if it's her mother or if it's uh, a hairstylist it's her mother uh is doing everything she can possibly do to uplift this child's spirit spirit and let her know you are beautiful you, you don't you ever tell yourself you aren't beautiful how can we teach teachers teach those who are around our kids sometimes more than than we are that it's important to look out for children who don't believe that they have self-worth how do we do that sir well i mean i think one of the things is the first first thing we have to acknowledge is that 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 thought process that that belief the little girl had didn't come from her you know that that came from the world um and so when we're talking about changing these 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 thought processes and helping our kids we're, we're really talking about changing the way that people think about blackness and the way that people think about beauty um and, and just like our our humanity so that's a big problem that's a big that's a that's a big you know uh weight to, to to try to pick up but i think that the way that you you know you take one handful at a time is by approaching teaching folks how to at least begin to have these conversations and to have actual you know real information real like facts to kind of come with when you're talking to a kid because i think it's you tell a child that they're beautiful and, and that's wonderful but even though you know even though a kid doesn't know what subjective means they understand what subjective is right, right. so you you say it to them and they know that you love them and care about them but do they really believe you because everybody else is saying that your hair or your skin or whatever isn't necessarily what is pretty because that's what the Barbie looks like and that's what the G.I. Joe looks like and that's what, you know, the person on the Oscars looks like and all that stuff. Um, so what I would say is the way that I'm approaching it is, um, and through this, through, through this book, is basically modeling a conversation where we talk about the fact that, you know, your skin color, first and foremost, your skin color, it tells you about, where you're from and your family and like you know, kind of like your roots and stuff come on but it doesn't really tell you who you are it doesn't tell you who those people were right so i know that when i look at my brown skin that you know part of me comes from folks who came out of africa and there's part of me that came through like the history of the slave trade in the united states and all that other stuff but that doesn't tell me how they live that didn't tell me what they believe it didn't tell me who they worship didn't tell me what language they spoke and understanding that it's not the, you know your skin color and your outward experience uh, excuse me your outward appearance doesn't define what your character is mm -hmm. i think is one of the first pieces that you need to get to when you're trying to have kids understand like you know you're beautiful but it's not really because of that skin you know the skin is beautiful the brown is beautiful the locks are beautiful everything about you is beautiful but really 
that's just a reflection of the interior landscape that you're, you're going to get out there. Well, you know, and, it, and let's talk about that more. Okay, well, forgive me, but it sounds more like we're, we're, we're kind of avoiding, and, and not, not just your book. I don't want to set aside your book. I, I don't mean to. But I, I look at stuff that affect me when it comes to skin color, and I'm looking at a senior in high school who's ready to graduate, and because he won't cut his locks... He's been told he can't graduate. How do we get people to understand that we are proud of who we are and we come in many shades? We come in many uh, colors and, and from many cultures and that we aren't just straight up and down Jane and Mary anymore. How do we get people to understand that? Thank you for listening to the edited broadcast version of Success in the Evening with Coach Rick Terry. If you would like to hear me live, join me every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on nlgradio.com. That's nlgradio.com if you want to hear Success in the Evening with Coach Ricky Terry. You know, honestly, I, I think that um, I think we have to make we have to separate two things out. Um, the book that I'm I'm putting out, um, and I think a lot of these resources are meant for people who have who are well-meaning, right? So I'm I like that. I'm trying to talk to the person who is who wants to teach uh, teach their own kids and teach our kids and like do all the good stuff and and help the kids kind of get to a space where they love themselves and they see themselves and they know that they're seen. The people who want to cut a kid's locks to keep them from graduating, those are racist. And those are people wow, who don't want right. to. Wait a minute, wait a minute, you know bro. Wait a minute, bro. Wait a minute, bro. Now, you're about to get these people stirred That's up in here. See, see, you, well, just, you I didn't want to say that. I don't want to say that. I would have said so, so are we saying then when we stereotype, you know, when we stereotype hair and hair texture and, and hairstyles, that is that any different than looking at a Caucasian kid who's wearing purple hair? Are we, are we then... Cause you know we you know especially in in our community we look at kids with purple hair funny like they're weird. How can we hold that feeling and then expect somebody else to honor how we see us? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that you have to kind of keep in mind is that like changing one. I don't know that we have that. There's a lot of examples of um, the opinion of black administrators keeping white kids with purple hair or green hair, any kind of hair from graduating based on their hair. Okay. Like no. the, the second piece no. is that there's a, there's a fundamental difference between wearing one's hair natural and changing it in vogue with a style using chemicals and other things, gotcha. you know? So like a person with locks is just a person who grew their hair out in the same way a, a kid who grows their hair into a ponytail. That's like saying, you know, I, I've not heard of white kids or any other kids with straight hair who get who can't graduate because they have a ponytail or because they have pigtails or something like that it's well, only the kids this point in who time, put their hair in an african-centered way you know in a culturally a culturally and physically bound african way that get punished for their hair in Agreed. that way thank you for joining us and welcome to success in the evening with coach rick terry he'll be sharing great music and good discussions about topics that will take you to the next level to join the discussion, call nlgradio.com on 202-299-6673.
that's exactly what I was going to say. There is a, speaking of fundamental difference, there's a fundamental difference between enriching myself in, in my culture and my ancestors' culture and, and all of those things that tie me back into the things that my ancestors were snatched away from when they were brought away from their homeland. There's such a difference in that and Johnny wants his hair to look different. So he colored it because any other time we see people whose hair does not naturally uh, go into locks or whose hair doesn't always look the best in a braid. Anytime they go into a braid or a dreadlock, it's just, hey, let them do them. No, we're not going to have them cut it. It's not going to restrict them from graduating. But, oh, if a child shows up with any type of design in their hair, oh, you're suspended from school because that's not uniform. I think one of the main things that is stopping us from being seen as just another person with this in my hair is the is the image that we put behind it because all too often there are older generation uh and this is why i'm going to truly place blame there are a lot of black folk um of older generations who look at younger kids with hairstyles that are no different than what they had growing up and say oh you look ignorant or, or whatever the stigma is behind it because of the fact that oh there's just a generational gap like that's not cool that that cannot happen that is the very reason we have people choosing not to hire people who look just like them because you put a braid in your hair that has got to be of all the things in this world one of the dumbest things i think i've heard so far in certain situations yes it makes sense if your hair is not clean if you're not keeping good care of yourself that's one thing but it's not it shouldn't be oh because you have dreadlocks because you have cornrows you can't do this job right or this job or or i now look, think less of your intelligence i don't let I me don't. jump in real quick because i i agree with you fully and let me just like i want to encapsulate what you said in, in in this in this piece um there what does the 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 length style twist curve or or other disposition of your hair have to do with the grades that you earned and the work that you did in order to graduate from high school. Uh, I told you when we started going down this road, you was going to get them fired up. You see what but, you've done? You know, the, the one thing that you do have to take into consideration, and this is just being the devil's advocate, not that I, not that, that, um, I not do the not same that, thing. Not that I'm going to open this large can of worms. Let's go. Not that I don't relish the position, but as the devil's advocate <laughs> in this particular uh, conversation you have the responsibility as a business leader to represent your organization now this is this is away from this is away from the school thing the school thing is one thing but the, the business thing is another when you when you hire people and ask them to represent your organization you choose you choose how you want your organization represented I'm going to go to my favorite baseball team, the New York Yankees. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, 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 the, no, no, listen to what I'm saying. You're going to give the us the New short York, version, the, right? I'm going to give you the, new, the, the short version. Okay. With the New York Yankees, you cannot have a beard. You cannot have long hair. You cannot wear a long mustache. You are welcome to play for any of the other 32 teams in the uh, MLB. But if you want to be a Yankee, you will cut your hair. You will wear your. You will always be clean cut. You don't have an option. Same and thing I'm in just, the military. Again, but I'm just what what I'm saying is away from. And I know we started this with the school thing. 
I want to go back to that. All right, we're going to go back to the school thing. But one of the things is that it there is a difference between choosing how you rep how you want your company represented and and choosing not not to give somebody an opportunity now those those two things we think i think need to be separated like i said you can work for any of the other 32 teams uh in the league if you want to um if you want to wear your stuff anyway but if you want to work for the yankees you have to look this way and so they don't pick white they don't pick black everybody's clean shaven well you know my retort to that is um and I understand, like, we, I think we do this thing where we believe that, like, because of a corporate entity wants to do something and have the freedom to do it, that we kind of give them leeway for that. But I think that whenever someone or something does something, they also put themselves out there to be judged, right? So as a psychologist, people pay me not to judge them during the time that they tell me what's going on for them. So I get paid, like, $200 an hour so that you tell me what's going on in your life and I'm not going to judge you for that. But outside of my therapy room, I get to judge the heck out of anybody I want to. <laughs> and so if the Yankees does something racist, like say that you can't have dreadlocks or you can't have locks or brother locks, sister locks, um, and that's going to somehow affect your pitching, then I get to call the Yankees racist. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's part and parcel. And I get to like choose where my dollar is going to be spent at that point. And, and I get to choose. I get to basically say, like, you're a business. If I don't want you to exist as a business because of the fact that your practices are messed up, I have options to sue you. I have options to try to change legislation, like they did in California and New York. I can, I can just choose a route for another team, or I can choose to, to do other things. But it, it doesn't. I don't think that just because a company can make a regulation that automatically makes it okay or even legal. And you know what, There, there's truth to that, but going back to the school part of it, um, and also using your analogy, Mr. DuPaul, that'd be cool, it's okay, okay, everybody can't have long hair, but there's a key word in that, everybody. See, when you say things like, oh, dreadlocks, that's, no, designs in the side of your head, that's, no, like, we know, it, it, it's slick, but we know who we're, who we're talking about, like, we know... Uh, uh, what's being said about us to our face behind our back all at the same time. So if it were an everybody thing, if it was, oh, you can't have a ponytail, you're, you're a male, you're not supposed to have hair this long, that'd be one thing we'd fight a whole nother issue. But it's it's more targeted than that, and that's the messed up part. Okay, so um, I want to go back to school, and thank you so much for being on the show. I am an educator, and so I have been approached by little girls talking about the color of their skin and he said this about me and they say that I'm ugly so I wanted to make sure that I'm doing right so my way to handle that is I pull them to the side and I say okay hey, so. hey baby before you go down there keep your good county know, job keep, girl. My job. keep, keep, keep my your job. good say you've seen other administrators or teachers don't say you okay I've seen other people deal with this and this is how they did it there you go so they will pull them to the side and they will talk to them and say okay why do you feel like that and she would say little Johnny is that okay yeah, Lil, Lil Johnny, Johnny's good. Lil Johnny, Lil Johnny said this he to me, and I said, <laughs> and I, and he said that 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 I was too dark or my skin was ugly, and then I would have, then the administrator would turn around and there ask them, what do you think about this skin? Why do you feel that way? Because you are beautiful, you're wonderfully made, you are smart, you are kind, and don't ever let anybody 
make you think that you are not beautiful because you are. Well, I'm gonna jump in and close this out because I know uh, Doc has a hard stop. One well, before before you do that, because because you hit an operative thing, and I'll I'll go a couple of minutes just because okay. I, okay. I think I really want to hit this. Uh, the answer I, I think that what what you described as like giving that support to the child is a beautiful thing, and that's exactly what we do once the the damage has occurred. I think that res that from the standpoint of responsible adults and the thing that they don't do, and I'm not talking about you or anybody like in particular, but I think that we don't proactively prevent negative things from happening to our kids around race in the way that we could because systems don't build for it. And that's what the point of uh, Daddy, why are you? Why am I brown? Uh, it's to stop that interaction to ha from happening in the first place. So the so little Johnny. Mm -hmm. gets a gets a gets a lesson about how to properly address skin tone and understand that like yo you know little johnny you should not be insulting anybody about their skin you shouldn't really be talking about it except for in terms of you know oh your skin is brown and here let me be descriptive it's a terracotta or it's a russet or something like that and that's really cool and mine is this and you know these are where my parents are from these are where your parents are from where's your grandparents from and just have a conversation about family as opposed to trying to be descriptive um of, of things and, and insulting around things so i think that that's like the point of, of of at least this resource and i think other resources as well and we even have a whole curriculum that we put on our website to uh, to help teachers uh with that and we put resources in the back of the book to help parents with those conferences well let's let's tell them about your website if you don't mind the website is uh, deeper than color. That's deeper than t h a n color dot com. Um, and if you go on there, you can get more information about the book. You can order the book through the website through Amazon. It's only on Amazon right now, but I think you can go and if you order it from Barnes Noble, it's available everywhere. But the most direct is on Amazon. Um, and there's there is a section for teachers. There's six lesson plans. To help teachers give this curriculum around color, skin color, family, and heritage, um, and those are for free because the whole point is uh, is to get the get the book out to folks so that we can literally stop this type of behavior um, from impacting our kids. Well, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb because I come from corporate America side of the house, and and uh, one I want to encourage everyone uh, go online and get Daddy Why Am I Brown. If you want help talking about it, if you want help talking to your kids, because uh, we face these situations, we know we face these situations, and we have to answer these questions. So again, the name of the book is Daddy, Why Am I Brown? Okay? So I want you to go get this book, Daddy, Why Am I Brown? And I want you to help our kids get through this and, and help each other. Secondly, if you're in corporate America, if you're in HR, I'm telling you, this is a great book to have with your diversity program. If you have a diversity program, I, I'm suggesting HRs read this book and be able to pull some nuggets from it and share with managers who have not quite gotten the idea that there are some people that are different than you that are going to be coming through here and in order for us to run with any synergy with any esprit de corps we're going to have to learn how to uh accept one another and it's, it just comes down to that but doc i have a real 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 important question for you we put a panel together every now and then uh to bring back on and do a zoom meeting and we invite people into it 
And I just get the feeling this conversation has a whole lot of deepness to it. Would you agree to come back at a different time on Zoom and, and, and sit with a panel and talk about this? Oh, I'd love to come back. Absolutely. Well, we'd and love to have you. I appreciate you uh, wanting me to come out. Sir, you are a treasured chest of knowledge. We would be crazy not to have you as a part of our accountability team. And and by the way, guys, I want to I want to tell everyone before I'm being pushed off the off the mic here. But I want to tell everyone, uh, I reached out uh, and and asked. Uh, Professor Palmer, if he would, if he would tell me about his, about his book, if he would uh, think about coming on the show, and he said without hesitation, because our children need this, our teachers need this. If you're in a school, uh, get this book. As a matter of fact, get a lot of these books for your students, and and who knows, it might end up in the hands of someone who really it really changes their life and their outlook, especially someone who's working with a child. If we can prevent that, then you know, we've done our part. Uh, sir, I want to thank you again for coming on Success in the Evening with Coach Ricky Terry, and we look forward to having you on the panel. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. You have fun now out there. In Oakland, not San Francisco, in Oakland. <laughs> Oakland, California. <laughs> there All we right. go. Thank you again, sir. Godspeed. Come on, uh, let me see you move. Come on, come on. Well, I hope you liked today's message. And if you have a comment or suggestion you would like to leave, just hit the record button. We'll listen to it. And if it's something we can play over the air, I promise you we will. Until then, remember, join us every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on NLGradio.com. That's NLGradio.com every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. And you'll get a chance to join in with the flight crew and our special guests. We'd love to have you. And if you're a first-time listener, please let us know. Give us a call. Our call-in number is 202-299-6673. My name is Coach Ricky Terry, President of One Do North, and I am your coach.